If you're a parent or a caregiver, you know how easily it is to become overwhelmed by the amount and big volume of keepsake papers, awards, drawings, and progress reports that come into your house, right, every every year, for especially during the school year. So this episode today is dedicated to all of you who are about to start the more traditional school year calendar, which is usually either August or September here in the U.S. And this episode is all about how to maintain, how to set yourself up for success so that at the end of the year, you are not drowning in the artwork that comes into your household from school, or maybe you homeschool and you do your own, you know, artwork at home and whatnot, whatever the reason or however it is that you create all this artwork and homework for your children, let's make sure that at the end of the year, you are not overwhelmed by the amount of paper that gets piled up. So let's get ready for the start of another school year. Welcome to the Organized and Productive Podcast with the Organized Flamingo. I am your host, Stephanie, a professional organizer and productivity expert. Ready to explore the right organizing and productivity solutions for you? Yeah? Well, then let's go. When you've been doing organizing and organizing other people's space for as long as I have, there are certain things that tend to accumulate very quickly without the person realizing they're accumulating. And I talked about it in one of our past episodes where I talked about um, our mid-year check-in and some of the trouble spots that we're seeing for this year, The some of the trouble spots that are accumulating or are becoming hurdles for people that are keeping them from getting organized, you know, difficult spots. But there are some legacy parts of your life, like, or just continuous parts of your life that always tend to accumulate, and you don't even realize it sometimes. And one of those things, one of those physical things is paper. And more specifically, artwork and homework and children's paper, because the abundance of paper that comes into the household is quite fast. I mean, you you probably end up getting, you know, especially children, smaller children, um, but even older kids that have homework, you know, you end up having to utilize 5, 10, 15 pieces of paper or artwork type of items every day. And imagine that times if you go five days a week, that is accumulating so fast and then you go for a month and then that times the nine months that you probably are in school or in a school session. That is a lot of paper and that's just for one child. So once in a while, I like to talk about those problem things like paper that you sometimes don't realize are accumulating and you just, it, by the time you realize you have so much, it becomes overwhelming. So that's why I'm devoting this entire episode to organizing your students' or children's artwork that is coming in or like paper and homework. And and we actually group artwork and homework as one. You as the caregiver and parent will, um, you know, understand which is which to depending on their their school year and whatnot, but we're kind of lumping it all together. Basically, any type of piece of paper or item that comes into your house that was um, given to you by the school because of whatever reason, this includes certificates of achievement and all those little knickknacks that um, tend to pile up in the form of paper. Okay, so my first and foremost tip is always to have a plan. And we always talk about this in the seven 
steps of organizing almost anything that step one should always come first when you're ready to tackle any organizing project. And that is the assess step, which just really means come up with a plan and a reason and your why, like why are you doing this? So when you are setting yourself up for the organizing system for the school year for the paper, just have a reason as to why you're doing this. Is it because you don't want to accumulate, you know, at the end of the year, your reasoning could be, I don't want to accumulate too much paper. Or at the end of the school year, I get very overwhelmed by the amount of paperwork that I did not go through that I end up freezing and not doing anything about it. And I don't want to go through that again. So that is your why. Uh, For others of you, it could just be, I want to keep up with my, my, child's items so that I can make a memory book and not be so far behind. So pick your why as to why you're you're creating this new system for yourself. And then we'll go from there. In general, school paperwork is meant for educational purposes, right? So your student created artwork or homework in order to showcase their work or their talents. And then the teacher uh, probably is giving you the artwork and or the schoolwork or the certificate because they um, they don't want to throw it away for you. They want you to choose and they want the student to choose what to keep and what not to keep. And that way you can also see progress. And speaking of progress, there is actually about six reasons, most common reasons why people want to keep paper, especially homework and all of that. Um, and I'm gonna and I'm going to lay them out for you here because this could help your your why when you're writing down like why do I want to keep all this stuff. So I'm gonna name the six most common reasons why people like to keep sentimental mementos like children's artwork and homework. And hopefully this will help like your why. So the first reason is usually just sentimental value. Artwork and homework papers often hold that sentimental value for parents and caregivers. They represent their child's creative expressions and efforts and academic achievements, which parents will cherish. And of course, that makes it hard to let go. It's that sentimental growth for the child, like literally. The second reason is celebrating the achievements and building that self-esteem. So um, a lot of times parents and caregivers, they'll keep the artwork and homework because it serves as a tangible evidence of a child's accomplishment. So parents may keep them to celebrate that child's progress or efforts and success in the school. And that, of course, in return, um, makes it like a sentimental moment. The third reason is showing support and encouragement. So when you hold on to kids' artwork and homework, it could be a way for parents to demonstrate their support and encouragement for their children's learning journey. And it shows that parents value their child's academic efforts and creativity. And that is really important, right? To have a tangible item that shows that you are supporting and encouraging the student. The fourth reason is the future nostalgia and or family legacy, which is very popular. Really what it means is parents may keep these items as a way to reminiscence about their child's early years when they grow older. It probably is something that maybe their parents did or they wish that their parents would have done or caregivers would have done. And looking back at the artwork and papers can evoke that nostalgia and sense of pride in the child's development as well. So it's really that, hey, I want to hold on to something tangible that I can look look at in future years. The fifth is the showcasing growth, which is a little bit like the um, other two points that we made earlier, which about celebrating achievements and building self-esteem. But keeping a collection of a child's artwork and paper allows the caregiver and parents to witness or actually like witness and see their child's growth and progress over time. And 
uh, it becomes a visual representation of their developmental milestones. So this is where the, um, you know, when you have folders for every year comes into play, like you can see the growth maybe in their artwork and their um, homework and their math and their reading. So you can physically see, or like, especially this comes into play with um, when they first start um, like kindergarten or starting to read or starting to write. And you can see the progression of how they write their name and their letters and things like that. And one of the other reasons that we have found people keep these items is for conversation starters. Um, some people will keep these items to have a meaningful conversation with their child about their experiences, their feelings and thoughts related to school and creativity. Now, remember, these are reasons that we have found are true based on our experience in interviews and discussions with clients when we ask them, why are you keeping this? Because we do this exercise with them. Like, well, you know, when we, before we start decluttering and just throwing away um, their, their sentimental items, especially with children's artwork and stuff, we do ask them, okay, well, why is it that you want to do this? Why, why are you ready to declutter and let go of these sentimental items now after all of these years. And usually it'll be one of these six reasons and we'll ask them, why did you keep it to begin with? And they'll say, you know, I just wanted to have something tangible of my child's accomplishment, especially, you know, think of the spelling bee and the test and the math test, um, especially if there was like a progression where they weren't doing really well and then they did, or maybe the student is a stellar student in this particular subject matter and they just wanted to showcase their awesome grades and in that test or whatever it may be. So they really wanted to hold on to that memory and to show them or maybe their children or whatever it may be, like the future generations, how awesome their child was. And so these are all reasons based on what our, um, you know, the feedback has been with people that we interview and work with. And also, when I talk to teachers and teacher friends, they'll say the same thing. You know, usually parents will keep or will ask for their um, children's homework and paperwork for one of these reasons. So that's why these have been like the most popular. But you may have your own reasons as to why you're keeping it. Just be honest with yourself is the one thing that I would recommend highly. Like, why is it that in the previous years, you've been wanting to keep all this homework? Why is it this a problem to throw away um, at the end of the year? Why is it so hard to throw it away? Or why is it overwhelming for you? Um, if this is your first year of doing it, then just start to think about maybe other things you've accumulated that are related or similar. Maybe you're a collector of other things and that will be your example or that will be kind of the what you're looking to compare with and that'll serve you as your, okay, your starting point. Like, okay, the reason I usually collect mementos and sentimental items like this is because of this. And this is what I would like to feel at the end of the year or not feel. So that this is all part of the assess the the why you're keeping these items. And then now I'm going to give you some tips and practical tips on how to sustain it uh, for the school year. So here we go. Okay, so if you're new, uh, there is a seven steps of organizing almost anything series out there right before this episode. And um, there is one that outlines all of the seven steps. So there's an episode for that. And then each step has its own episode as well. And you can binge listen to all those or short episodes and very straight to the point. But the reason I mentioned that for this episode is because that is going to serve as a really good base for this exercise and to help you set yourself up for setting up a system for your paper and artwork for your child and and um, for the new school year. So if you haven't listened to that, I'll put it in the show notes. But basically, 
if you're an aesthetically visual, like a, an aesthetic or visual person, I would start with the contain or the design that um, designating a home step. And that's usually steps four and five, uh, um, four and five. And so start with one of those. So if for you, that's important for you, you are going to pick that as your boundary first, and then you will declutter or you will then use that as your base for the year. So for some of you, there are some really cool um, boxes out there in bins or chests or file uh, boxes that are really decorative and really pretty and very nice. And they, you know, you can put your child's name in the front and it has folders for every single one of their years. And that that is an aesthetically pleasing or visual type of organizing. You have now chosen the container you want to keep it within, and that is going to be your boundary. And so you are going to start with that step. For those of you that are choosing this type of step or this type of uh, system first, where you choose the container first and go from there, it makes it really easy because you have a starting point and you have a boundary, right? So there you go. You have your bin. There's some really cool ones. Like I said, you can make your own at home as well, where you have like a a, um, carry case type of tote file cabinet type of tote, and then you have folders inside for every single one of the year, and then you know that you, you want to keep, you know, maybe 10, 20, 30 pieces of paper for the year, and then that becomes your base. And for those, I love that because you already have something to start with. But here's the thing, if you're not a visually stimulated person, like that doesn't do anything for you that actually restricts you and you feel like um, it actually will backtrack on you because then you will feel like you're limited and then you'll freeze and then you won't do anything about it. So only choose that type of system if it doesn't overwhelm you. If it does overwhelm you, that for you, I would start with more of a the traditional inbox, like a different boxes for different reasons. And there's actually usually two that I would recommend. You know, the, the typical like in tray, the inbox type of tray that you would see in an office, that's the type of tray that I would start with for you. And the two inboxes that I would use, just to keep it super simple, I mean, you can have like 20, but honestly, the the more subcategories you have, the more overwhelming you'll become. So usually, I like to do two, um, especially if you're kind of newer to organizing and you don't have a system yet. And then from um, after you start with these two, and then you can start adjusting it to how your brain is picking up these habits. But the two is one is it's the, the paperwork that is already done, the one that they already did in class, the homework that they already finished and uh, it is in the past. So it's completed, it's done. And then the other inbox is for work in progress. So that means homework, any projects that are upcoming. It's not maybe a project that hasn't been completed yet. So it's things to come. So there's two, the past and the and the like the now and it's unfinished. You can also label it as finished, unfinished, um, past and you know present, future, something to that effect, but keeping it simple because what's going to happen is for the finished paperwork, That way you have like a closing point. You know that that whole pile, you need to go through and pick through that pile and you're not mixing and matching uh, and getting overwhelmed. So that's why I would just pick two. And then eventually as you start to um, figure out what works for you and what doesn't, you can start doing some subcategories. But those are the two that I would start with. Okay, so if you are following through our seven steps of organizing anything, almost anything, we've already done the assess step, and then we've done the um, steps two through five, right? It's kind of depending on what your primary goal is, and you'll start with, um, you know, and 
either you'll contain or declutter or sort. Like it depends on what your end goal is. So now let's go to the steps six or seven, which is the um, maintain, which is the evaluate and maintain. And this is really the fun part because once you design or you figure out what container and what system works for you at the beginning of the year, like, okay, you know, I'm going to have my two inboxes. This is how it's going to work. Then you pick timelines that work for you to go through the um, through those inboxes or through those boxes that you need to declutter. So for some people, um, you know, half the half year mark, like the holiday year mark seems to be the easiest or the beginning of the year, because usually you're out of school, people are, you know, you're kind of at home and that's a good time to just do like a little reevaluate, um, or declutter session for the first half of the year. It's just such a easy alert because it's a brand new year coming. Everybody's into like new year, new you type of thing, right? So so um, it's a good reminder. It's easy. It's easy to remember. But you choose your own timeline. For some people, it's every month because they just don't want to wait that long. Especially if you have um, multiple children that you're taking care of, um, and then it just becomes a lot more. You know, the work piles up. So for some people, it's more a monthly basis, and then for others, it's a quarterly basis. So you just kind of have to pick at that point when you think you realistically will have time to go through these piles and your boundaries so that you can kind of clean it out and it doesn't accumulate and it doesn't become overwhelming at the end of the year. Another reason that I would strongly suggest that you do uh, monthly or no more than six month check-ins with your piles is because when you wait until the end of the year, not only are you know you're kind of exhausted or just everybody's a little bit checked out, right? Like it's the end of the year, you're you're kind of over it and done, and you're ready to move on. Um, but some of these memories are not going to be as fresh for you. So if you have a student's paperwork or artwork from the beginning of the school year, and you're going through your pile at the end of the year, you're not really going to even remember if that was important to you or not, or why, or the year, or like any of that. So it just becomes more meaningful when you're doing it live or just more recently when the memory is there for you. So I just wouldn't wait until the end of the year unless you are okay with forgetting, you know, the the memory that is behind that item. If you're okay with that and you you can be honest with yourself about that, then hey, do it once a year and then just get rid of everything. But um, assuming if you're listening to this episode, that is not you. And so I would just recommend that you do it in shorter, in a, the maintain step is in shorter intervals. So you don't forget. One of the other benefits of doing regular check-ins is also um, being able to do this with your children. And this is a really good opportunity to help them have good or organizing skills and habits and to help them decide what they want to keep and have them be part of the process. Because once they're ready to graduate or you're ready to pass on all this artwork to them, they're going to be a little, they're going to remember, they're going to be probably a little bit more attached and more prideful of the of the contributions that they made because they were part of the journey. So this is a really good opportunity for you to have like a bonding moment or a teaching moment to with your children and to help them help you figure out what to keep. And it's not just on you and your responsibility. Okay. And speaking of things that you might not remember at the end of the year, uh, one of the things that I would recommend is attaching a note to each paper to signal why you're keeping it. Like this is for the ones you're keeping it. So this is once you go through the paperwork, you know, every month or you, through your inbox or your box, like once a, uh, every six months, attach a little note, like a quick little note that says why it is that you're keeping it. This will help you remember in the long run 
why it is that you've been kept it, but also exercise that part of your brain that associates the emotion to the to physical things. It'll give you a why, a stronger why, uh, because sometimes we don't even know why we keep things. And this will help you exercise and do it much faster going forward. So when you start practicing this early on, it allows you to later like make those quick decisions like, okay, um, you know, when you're decluttering and putting it into like, is this a trash or to keep pile, your brain will do it much faster and it won't be so caught up in the emotion because you've been practicing this all year long. So this is a great opportunity to attach a note to each piece of paper. Um, it could be a sticky note. It could be like just something quick and maybe in the back of the paper that says, this made me really proud or this moment was very special because etc. So give the item a reason, give the attach a story to the item so that you start to exercise that part of your brain. Okay, and so now to give you some tips on um, some other ways that I would recommend that you start to think about at the beginning of the year um, to organize your items and things like, for instance, if you think that you're more of a digital person, um, start taking pictures of the artwork and then creating an album on in your phone or maybe your computer. So take a picture when it comes in. It's almost like scanning it. Um, it's just much faster. I, I, I feel like taking a picture is just much faster than scanning it for, for people, but take a picture, put it in a folder, and then at the end of the year, make an album. But instead of waiting until the end of the year to go through all the all the paperwork and all the artwork and remember you know what, what was special to you, what was not, instead of doing that, set yourself up for success now. Set your set a folder on your phone, label it, you know, whatever the year is, artwork and then every time you have something that was impressive to you, that was special to the child that you want to remember, take a picture, the front, the back, and then just throw it away immediately. Let it go, recycle it immediately. But now you have an album that you're accumulating and you're producing. And at the end of the year, that could be like a really cute, memorable physical book that you can print out and then call it a day. So Set, your, set yourself up for success now so you don't have to think about it later. Another thing that I, I would suggest that you do, there is these great companies out there if you just do a search for archiving photo, uh, artwork, children's artwork, they will do it for you. So you can do similar practice to what I just talked about. So every like month you send them a box of your children's artwork and and papers that you want to keep, and then they will scan it for you and create a box for you. So you can have someone else do it for you if you'd rather go that route. There is also professional organizers out there that specialize in archiving uh, paper and photos like this. So you can also um, do a search for a local or your um, preferred organizer that does that. We at the Organized Flamingo do not. We outsource that and we are happy to provide you with our recommendations of the people we work with. Um, but just know that organizers, there are organizers out there that do specialize in this and they can help you do both. It can help you maybe declutter, set yourself up for success going forward, and also archive the pictures and photos of artwork that are really special to you. Okay, so that's our episode for today. Um, and just remember, you know, while keeping kids artwork and homework papers can be a sentimental and positive practice, it's essential to kind of find that balance and avoid excessive clutter. And that's really what this whole exercise is about. It's what I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that paper and these memorabilia type of items 
tend to be the one culprit that accumulates really fast. Because like I said before, if you're if you're even using five, and sometimes there's way more, but five pieces of paper um, that are coming home every day from your children's homework and artwork, that, that's five. And then maybe times the five days that they're going to school, you do the math, that's 25 times the, you know, a month, and then times the nine months that they're going to school. And like I said, that's like the minimum. That is going to accumulate. And then that, that times however many years they've been in school by the time that they you know finish school that's a lot of paper per child and that's the minimum so that is why it's so important to just keep check on these culprits that tend to accumulate very very fast that's it for now and if you are starting a brand new school year best of luck to you your students and as always happy organizing thank you for listening to the organized and productive podcast with the organized flamingo If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you'd leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. It helps with letting people know that we're here. For full show notes and resources, head on over to theorganizedflamingo.com slash podcast. Happy organizing.